And I think the first thing that we have is on the Bible reading. And that is Luke chapter 1, verse 26 to 38. Luke chapter 1, verses 26 to 38. Most gracious Heavenly Father God, as we've just said, Lord, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Glorify the Lord Jesus Christ in us and through us this morning, Lord, all to the glory of God the Father. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Starting with verse 26, Luke chapter 1. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favoured one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled. That is saying, and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favour with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month of her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you very much. And uh, only to mention on the back, I have not a book table because I believe it's books you can learn so much from. And it's such a wonderful mission tool where you many times, it's like a missionary in the homes of people. But I use also for my family when I go to Germany, leave a good Christian book with them. Whenever I pray that the Holy Spirit will draw them to the book, maybe on a rainy day or yet a snowy day, whenever I sit down and read and that the Holy Spirit will arrest them. And sometimes you find a book that is relevant and helpful. And the, the main thought really which came on my thing, because this story we hear them every year in the Christmas time, and we think, so what really? I mean, or especially when I was a Catholic and grew up, all the religious things. What gave me maybe a lot of discipline in going to church and hearing, hearing different Christian stories, but it was only a story what we would say a fairy tale. It was not real 
in my everyday life. And when we really put our mind, really my into it, because when you read the whole chapter in the beginning, it's the same way with Zachariah, when he came, when he had done this encounter in the temple. And then the angel appeared when he was afraid, he was terrified. Can you imagine you would suddenly go to church, give out the Lord's Supper, when then suddenly an angel turns up and will be many times we acknowledge things or believe things in our mind, but we don't really believe that really an angel can probably come to us and minister to us in a sense, preparing, preparing us for maybe a message which God wants to give us or maybe that he supernaturally protect you when you have a car accident. And so many times you hear this kind of stories where Christians in a supernatural way experience there was some force there which really protected them. And then we can see the Jewishness of Christianity. Because many times with the Greek culture, we lost the Jewishness when we created a different Jesus through history, when you see on church history. But when we look at the Jewishness, that's the reason when I talk with Jewish people and always say, it's your man. He was Jewish. He followed all the Jewish rules and regulations. When we start with Zacharias in the beginning, was when he was by the division that he was able and had the privilege to go into the temple, to intercede for the nation, to do incense, because there were only few priests, because there were thousands of priests, and then they threw the lot, and he had the privilege to go, and how God really engineered this to speak to him through the angel Gabriel, because he was the main angel which God used to pass on messages, because it was the same in the time of Daniel. Daniel received from Gabriel the message, and then he got really the word from God, that his wife will be pregnant, will be have a son, and that this son will be the person which will really prepare the way for the Messiah. And he couldn't believe it. And that is the reason why then the angel said, you will not be able to speak until she's born. And what an amazing experience. Can you imagine that you have for a few months, really, you can't speak, you come out, and then the tradition was that always the name was used from the father for the son, carried on. And then now God gave specific the name because there are different people in the Bible where God gave specifically the name. And the name many times was speaking about their calling, their ministry. And then God gave him the name, really John, that he will prepare and turn the hearts of many of the people of Israel to the Lord. Because we need to remember that the early church was Jewish in Jerusalem. When it became and more and more Jewish people went out and preached the word of God and Gentiles, non-Jewish people became believers that the church became dominantly non-Jewish. And we can see it today. And we can see today was in this time was then really where short on the day of Pentecost, that Israel was still not there until 70 AD, where the temple was still there, and the Gentile church was there, and they were side on side. And the same thing we have today, where we see, where we believe the Lord's return is very near, that we have yet side by side, Israel is back as a nation in the, na in the country since 1948, 
Then since 67, they have control over Jerusalem. And through this is the church is live side by side with the nation of Israel. And we see and hear great reports of more and more Jewish people becoming Messianic Jews, which have trusted in the Lord. And then we can see how first by John was that he later, according to the customs of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people was <coughs> praying outside at the hour of incense. Although they were still involved in prayer, and it's the same today when you have a pastor, it's leadership in the church, is that they maybe receive from God a word, minister the word of God, about your responsibility is done really to pray for the leadership that God will keep them in place, keep them under the authority of the Holy Spirit, be open to hear and listen. And then the Bible said, yeah, and then the Holy Spirit was with him from birth. That is the amazing thing by John the Baptist. And everything what in the beginning said about John the Baptist, the same things that happened about Jesus, that God gave a specific name, you call, should call him John, because he will prepare the way for the Messiah. And then Jesus, when he comes, he said, his name will be Jesus, which means salvation. And through this, we can see how God really prepared him. And then the Bible said about John the Baptist, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother womb. And then the result of this is, and he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord, their God. That was also God used him to really to prepare the way. What we know, they knew the Jewish people were very, uh, knowledgeable about the scripture. The main thing what was missing is the spirit. It's the same you can go to some churches where you have people which have maybe much knowledge about the Bible, but there's no Holy Spirit. They're dead. And you feel it, the dryness, the deadness. And the same thing is that he was leading many to the Lord and guiding to Jesus. And we know when John the Baptist saw Jesus later, he said, this is a Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And everyone in Israel knew what it means because only the Lamb of God what was sacrificed in the temple could take away the sin once every year, only for cover up the sin for one year and then they needed to renew until the Messiah comes. And everyone knew that was the reason why the religious people were so jealous of him and were so against him because they wanted religion, not a relationship. They wanted fame and not humble themselves before God. And the same thing is today. Huh? The worst people which oppose biblical Christianity and the Holy Spirit are religious people. People, maybe bishops or whatever they are. They're very religious people. Huh? They think they know everything when they completely oppose and persecute. Because most of the Christians are persecuted by religious people, not by non-believers. That is the biggest problem. 
And then about one of the things what really God put on my heart and over the time was really this, the sentence, do not fear. Like when the rites was in the temple, then Gabriel came when he was terrified and he said to him, do not fear, you have found favor in the sight of God. And the same thing is done later with Mary. Then he said, yeah, also to Mary, do not fear in verse 30. He said, then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor in the sight of God. And the same thing is today for us where God really wants to say, do not fear, because we're going into a time period, I believe, which become very unstable, very... Uh, you can easily be scared is it yet with the recession with different events which are going on is it yet with Russia, Ukraine and where the whole world is really shaken by God and God is shaking the world and we can see it and when we don't are grounded in the word of God and that our security is in Christ not in our job not in our abilities to deal with problems, then we will fear. And the Bible says, the King James Bible says 365 times, do not fear. That also for every day of the year, God says, do not fear. And then in Isaiah, he said really, fear not, I am with you. The meaning is when we go through tough times, and we all go through tough times. I went yet the last year really, or the last two years really, through very tough times because of Luxby's illness, family situation, and different things, where sometimes you need to cut, shut yourself off on people sometimes to deal with the, really, with the issue. And there's a lot of pressure can come in, and then you carry on still your normal job and other responsibility then is then we need really to cling on the Lord. Huh? And he said in Isaiah 41.10, do not fear, I am with you. And he said, and also in Matthew 14.27, do not be afraid, I am with you. The meaning is when you have this personal relationship. You see, when you have this personal relationship, then you don't need to force a person to have quiet time or spend time to read the Bible. Because when you're in love with someone, you want to spend time. You will drive them to the other side of the country only to be with the person maybe for a few hours or whatever it is. And in the same way, when we really say that we love the Lord, that he is really our first priority, then no one need to force you to go an hour earlier up to spend time with the Lord. Or maybe in the evening, some people do it in the evening instead of the morning because it depends which kind of person you are. Like I'm a morning person, I like to go very early in the morning up, but in the evening I go early to bed and really tired, exhausted. But that is then, then you really spend time and I have to be quiet before Lord and say, Lord speak to me, Holy Spirit minister to my heart, give me a clear understanding what is going on. And then the Bible make it very clear that his word is spiritual food for our soul. Because prayer and Reading the word of God need always go hand in hand. Because Martin Lord Jones said, when you have only the word, you dry up. When you have only the spirit, you blow up. And you can see some churches which are only have the Holy Spirit, but completely 
no doctrine, no teaching, they blow up. Because the Bible said also that Satan is an angel of light. <coughs> that he can give you great experiences, great feelings, great experiences. He can do miracles. We know from scripture in the time of Moses and other times where Satan did miracles, but they were not in the name of God. And we need to test them with the word of God because God will never do anything what is contrary to his word. It's impossible for God because he said, I have magnified my word above my name. And I think that is very important, but we need to understand. And in 2 Timothy 1 verse 7, he gives you an advice. Do not, you have not received the spirit of fear, but of power and of love. We have not received the spirit of fear. In the moment we have a spirit of fear, then we're looking to the circumstances. We look to our own abilities when we're not looking to the Lord. Because when we look straight away to the Lord, then God, that the peace of God will take over our heart. And God gave me one word for this year for the church. Can you give that everyone can take it with? And have a pray about it because I believe that is the best verse in the whole Bible on having peace in your heart when you go through fear, anxiety, and difficulty. And the Bible would say, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And then, when we do this, God promised, and the peace of God, which transcend all understanding, will guard your hearts in your minds in Christ Jesus. You will not find peace and uh, answers in the world because sometimes God will bring problems into your life when you live too much in the world to pull you back out of love, out of kindness. And I believe this verse is probably the best verse which speaks about when you go through times of instability, fear, anxiety, that this verse clearly says that do not, that's our part, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. It's not that we, we come and say, oh, we like we think in fatalism and said, oh, whatever happened, happened, God is God's will. No, is that we believe that in every situation we bring our prayers and everything in because we know God answers prayer. And then we give thanks because God is able to step in and help us to sort out the problem goes with this difficult time or with illness that God carries us through that he gives us the strength, the inside peace and joy, also when maybe outside things fall apart. And then the Bible said we should give thanks because we know God is able to do it. God can give us this deep peace and joy. And then he said that the result is, and the peace of God, which transcend all understanding, what a non-believer will never understand, he would think is a lot of nonsense. I need answers now. I can't look to the money in the sky. What many times people say when you talk 
by open air, they use in this kind of language for God, where you many times you cringe in your heart. How can you talk to God this way? But that is how non-believers think. They said, I have to do it. I have to deal with the situation. But the Bible said that in the peace of God, which transcend all understanding, will guard your hearts in your minds and then in Christ Jesus, not in faith. You see, people can also hype themselves up and say they want to try to produce faith and to do something what is not possible when that was not in the will of God. Donan is in Christ Jesus. When faith comes by hearing the word of God and then responding what God already said to you. That is the reason why when you see a miracle, when God speaks to you and say, yes, pray for this person. I want to heal this person. Then you can step out and pray for him and God will heal him. When you try to hype yourself up and imagine things, then you will pray for the person and nothing happen. God has first to speak to us. And I think because we live in such a busy society where so much noise around us, is it yet outside you hear all the noise in the shopping center music, in the car you listen to things, then you come home, TV on. Many times God can't speak to you when you don't shut yourself up in the room, close the door, Jesus said, and listen to your Father in heaven. We need, it's the same when you visit a person when you have a friend and you visit him and he's all the time talking. You can't get one sentence. Says, you're later bored. Huh? You don't want to go back. You see, when he's always talking only about himself, about things, what's going on. No, a relationship is two ways. It's a dialogue. You, you talk to the person, the other person responds. And sometimes we need to have times so when you read the book of Job, Job went through tremendous problems. And the first, they said for some time, there were only silence before God and waited that God spoke to them. And in the same way, God really want to encourage us. And in Deuteronomium 31.6, he said, I will not leave you or not forsake you. That's God's promise. And the same thing is later promised in Hebrews, where he said, I will never leave you and forsake you. The meaning is, God is always with you because we have eternal security when we're born again. The Bible said in the moment a sinner put his trust only in Jesus Christ, not in his religious performance, not in his maybe religious family association, but believed that he's a sinner and that Jesus paid the penalty for his sin. The Bible said we are in Christ and we are a new creation. The old is gone, will never come back. And the Bible said we have eternal security. That means nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. That means he promised I will never leave you and forsake you. And in Joshua 1 verse 9 he said, do not be afraid nor dismayed. Because when really problems of him come, then all intellectual, everything is there. Yes, God is there. I have eternal life. He has saved me from hell. He will answer prayer. But when the robber hit the road, many times, many times when the robber hit the road, we looked, we panic. We panic and look all over answers. And we need to learn, like this first said, to bring our request before God. Be sincere to God and say, God, I can't handle this. I need to deal with it. 
we need to give thanks that God is able to change circumstances. And then the second part of the sentence will come in your life. And people would say, how can you be so calm? How can you not worried about the situation in your life? And when you read one great book, you need to read it with George Miller, how God used him to use in Bristol orphanages and trusted God. Many times that the kids were sitting on the table and waiting for the meal and no food was there. And then suddenly someone knocked on the door and brought food. It's unbelievable. And but he can do the same miracles in our life. Because the Bible said, whatever you ask in my name, I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Although the condition is that the Father is glorified, not that we get the glory. You see, and that is very important. And in Psalm 34:4, he says, He delivered me from all my fears. He delivered me from all my fears. And you know, you can probably flash back in a time period in your life where you was really afraid, really anxious about something in your life. And the question is, where are you going first? It's the same thing many times when we have a sickness. What do we first? We go to hospital or do we first have five minutes, maybe a short moment, pray and say, Lord, what is the right thing to do? What do you want to tell me through this? And then it's not that we're against doctors, we're not against medicines, but I think the priorities need to be always in the right order. First God, and then the practical thing, whatever the reason is. And in 27, Psalm 27, 1, he said, whom shall I fear? Again, he really said, we don't need to fear anyone because we have a supernatural protection around us. When our time is up, then God will take us before no one can touch us according to the word of God. And we need to trust this and believe this. And then even in John 14, verse 27, he said, neither let your heart be afraid. And that is very important. I like to read this from John 14, because that is a very famous scripture in the Bible. Verse 27, he said, Peace I have leave with you, my peace I will give you, not as the world gives I do to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. He promised that he will provide. We can sometimes mess things up in our life. We're not perfect. <coughs> but we read by Zacharias and his wife, they were blameless in the commandments of the Lord. That blameless means that they were striving to perfection. They were not sinless. They had their fault. We know one sin was that he didn't believe the angel. That is the reason why he was, for a short time, he couldn't speak. But he was blameless in the commandments of the Lord. And we as Christians can be blameless before God in a sense that we obey things what God has shown us in his word. That we put God first and then all other things. And I know the time goes very quick. And that is the reason why I really want to encourage you to meditate over this verse. Because it's intellectual, you can take everything in. But you need to ask the Holy Spirit to make these words real in your life. 
when you really pray for this, that God use this verses for your life in the new year, then you will live a completely different life. Not problem-free, but stress-free. That's very different. You can have problems and still be stress-free because your security is in Christ, not in circumstances, not in your wealth, not in things around you. And that is the reason I encourage you. And you see how God has blessed the church, filled the church. And when every person prays this year for one single person and said, Holy Spirit, show me one single person this year where you want me to pray for, where you want me to witness for, and bring them to church. You have the double congregation. You have nothing to lose. You can maybe pray that God show you how to reach them. Maybe give them a Christian book. Maybe share with them what God has done in your life. Whatever is relevant. But first, maybe the first month or the first two months, only pray that God shows you the right person. And then, when God shows you the person, then you can use your imagination how to reach them in the best way. And I think that is, and then you have a double congregation in one year. And that's not a big thing. When you really believe what the scripture said, nothing is impossible for God. Because many times people have so big goals, they want to see hundreds or thousands of people coming to know the Lord. But they don't do the baby steps first. And when you pray only for one person, can you imagine... When every person brings one person this year to church, or the next year, then you have a double congregation and you need probably take the door out and expand the church. <laughs> Let us pray now. Father in heaven, we thank you so much that you told us in your word, do not be afraid. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Father, we thank you for this promise. And with Holy Spirit, we pray that you will make this promise real in our life. And Lord, we want to glorify you through answered prayer. We want to give you all the praise and glory. Amen.